good evening, and welcome to the third episode of the Sleep with Josh podcast. It's the podcast where you choose to sleep, but with Josh. I am comedian Josh Yang, and with every episode, I will read commonly overlooked pieces of literature in my trademark monotone voice to help you drift off to sleep. Literature like the dictionary, laws, various manuals, the different terms of services that everyone agrees to but never really reads, and many more random, boring ideas. This podcast will deliver readings of open source and public domain material while also reviewing and adding humorous commentary to other subject materials in respect of fair use and fair dealing. In episode 3, we will be exploring the exciting world of manuals. In light of the current global pandemic, I thought reading from a soap-making manual from 1922 may be interesting. If you find yourself enjoying this experience, please follow this podcast and tell everyone you know that you like to sleep with Josh. Because at the end of the day, the more people that enjoy sleep with Josh, the better. Feel free to also follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube at Josh Yang Comedy. Now sit back and get comfortable because you'll get tired of this podcast, guaranteed. Soap Making Manual A Practical Handbook on the Raw Materials, Their Manipulation, Analysis, and Control in the Modern Soap Plant by E.G. Thompson Ph.D. from 1922. Chapter 1. Raw Materials Used in Soap Making Soap is ordinarily thought of as the common cleansing agent well known to everyone. In a general and strictly chemical sense, this term is applied to the salts of the non-volatile fatty acids. These salts are not only those formed by the alkali metals, sodium and potassium, but also those formed by the heavy metals and alkaline earths. Thus, we have the insoluble soaps of lime formed when we attempt to wash in quote-unquote hard water. Again, aluminum soaps are used extensively in polishing materials and to thicken lubricating oils. Ammonia or benzene soaps 
are employed among the dry cleaners. Commonly, however, when we speak of soap, we limit it to the sodium or potassium salt of a higher fatty acid. It is very generally known that soap is made by combining a fat or oil with a water solution of sodium hydroxide in brackets caustic soda lye or potassium hydroxide in brackets caustic potash sodium soaps are always harder than potassium soaps provided the same fat or oil is used in both cases the detergent properties of soap are due to the fact that it acts as an alkali regulator that is when water comes into contact with soap it undergoes what is called hydrolytic dissociation this means that it is broken down by water into other substances just what these substances are is subject to controversy though it is presumed caustic alkali and the acid alkali salt of the fatty acids are formed oils and fats there is no sharp distinction between fat and oil by oil the layman has the impression of a liquid which at warm temperature will flow as a slippery lubricating viscous fluid by fat he understands a greasy solid substance unctuous to the touch it thus becomes necessary to differentiate the oils and fats used in the manufacture of soap inasmuch as a soap is the alkali salt of a fatty acid the oil or fat from which soap is made must have a constituent part these fatty acids hydrocarbon oils or paraffins included in the term oil are thus useless in the process of soap making as far as entering into chemical combination with the caustic alkalis is concerned the oils and fats which form soap are those which are in a combination of fatty acids and glycerin the glycerin being obtained as a byproduct to the soap making industry nature of a fat or oil used in soap manufacture glycerin being a trihydric alcohol has 3 atoms of hydrogen which are replaceable by 3 univalent radicals of the higher members of the fatty acids for example glycerin plus 3 fatty alcohols equals fat or oil plus 
water molecules. Thus, three fatty acid radicals combine with one glycerin to form neutral oil or fat, which are called triglycerides. The fatty acids, which most commonly enter into combination of fats and oils, are lauric, muristic, palmitic, steric, and oleic acids, and form the neutral oils or triglycerides derived from these. Example, sterin, palmatin, palmatin, olein. Mono and diglycerides are also present in fats. Saponification defined. When a fat or oil enters into chemical combination with one of the caustic hydrates in the presence of water, the process is called saponification, and the new compounds formed are soap and glycerin. Thus, fat or oil plus 3 sodium hydrate equals glycerin plus 3 soap. It is by this reaction almost all of the soap used today is made, as in 1922. There are also other means of saponification as the hydrolysis of an oil or fat by the action of hydrochloric or sulfuric acid, by autoclave, and by ferments or enzymes. By these latter processes, the fatty acids and glycerine, glycerin, are obtained directly, no soap being formed. Fats and oils used in soap manufacture. The various and most important oils and fats used in the manufacture of soap are tallow, coconut oil, palm oil, olive oil, poppy oil, sesame oil, soya bean oil, cottonseed oil, corn oil, and the various greases. Besides these, the fatty acids, steric, red oil, oleic acid, are more or less extensively used. These oils, fats, and fatty acids, while they vary from time to time and to some extent as to their color, odor, and consistency, can readily be distinguished by various physical and chemical constraints. Much can be learned by one who, through continued acquaintance with these oils, has thoroughly familiarized himself with the indications of a good or bad oil by taste, smell, feel, and appearance.
It is, however, not well for the manufacturer in purchasing to depend entirely upon these simpler tests, since he is interested in the yield of glycerin, the largest possible yield of soap per pound of soap stock, and the general body and appearance of the finished project. The chemical tests upon which these depend should be made. Those especially important are the acid value, percentage unsapen, unsapenifiable, unsapenifiable, percentage unsapenifiable matter and titter test. T-I-T-E-R, titter test. Okay. A short description of the various oils and fats mentioned is sufficient for their use in the soap industry. Tallow is the name given to the fat extracted from the solid fat, or suet, of cattle, sheep, or horses. The quality varies greatly depending upon the seasons of the year, the food, and age of the animal, and the method of rendering. It comes to the market under the distinction of edible and inedible. A further distinction being made in commerce is beef tallow, mutton tallow, or horse tallow. The better quality is white and bleaches whiter upon exposure to air and light. Though it usually has a yellowish tint, a well-defined grain, and a clean odor. It consists chiefly of sterin, palmitin, and olein. Tallow is by far the most extensively used and important fat in the soap making process. In the manufacture of soaps for toilet purposes, it is usually necessary to produce as white a product as possible. In order to do this, it often is necessary to bleach the tallow before saponification. The method usually employed is the Fuller's Earth process. Fuller's Earth Process for Bleaching Tallow From 1 to 2 tons of tallow are melted out into the bleaching tank. This tank is jacketed, made of iron, and provided with a good agitator designed to stir up sediment or a coil provided with tangential downward opening perforations and a draw-off cock at the bottom. The coil is the far simpler arrangement, more cleanly and less likely to cause trouble. By this arrangement, compressed air, which is really essential to the utilization of the press, is utilized for agitation. A dry steam coil in an ordinary tank 
may be employed in place of a jacketed tank, which lessens the cost of installation. The tallow in the bleaching tank is heated to 180 degrees Fahrenheit, or 82 degrees Celsius, and 10 pounds of dry salt per ton of fat used, added and thoroughly mixed by agitation. This addition coagulates any abumen and dehydrates the fat. The whole mass is allowed to settle overnight where possible, or for at least five hours. Any brine which has separated is drawn off from the bottom and the temperature of the fat is then raised to 160 Fahrenheit or 71 degrees Celsius. 5% of the weight of the tallow operated upon of dry fuller's earth is now added and the whole mass agitated from 20 to 30 minutes. The new bleached fat containing the fuller's earth is pumped directly to a previously heated filter press and the issuing clear oil run directly to the soap kettle. One of the difficulties experienced in the process is the heating of the press to a temperature sufficient to prevent solidification of the fat without raising the press to too great a temperature. To overcome this, the first plate is heated by wet steam. Air delivered from a blower and heated by passage through a series of coils raised to a high temperature by external application of heat, quote-unquote, superheated steam, is then substituted for the steam. The moisture produced by the condensation of the steam is vaporized by the hot air and carried on gradually to each succeeding plate, where it again condenses and vaporizes. In this way, the small quantity of water is carried through the entire press, raising its temperature to 80 to 100 degrees Celsius. This temperature is subsequently maintained by the passage of hot air. By this method of heating, the poor conductivity of hot air is overcome through the intermediary action of a liquid vapor, and the latent heat of steam is utilized to obtain the initial rise in temperature. To heat a small press economically, where conditions are such that a large output is not required, the entire press may be encased in a small wooden house, which can be heated by steam coils. The cake in the press is heated for some time after the filtration is complete to assist drainage. After such treatment 
the cake should contain approximately 15% fat and 25% water. The cake is now removed from the press and transferred to a small tank where it is treated with sufficient caustic soda to convert the fat content into soap. Saturated brine is then added to salt out the soap. The fuller's earth is allowed to settle to the bottom of the tank and the soap which solidifies after a short time is skimmed off to be used in a cheap soap where color is not important. The liquor underneath may also be run off without disturbing the sediment to be used in graining a similar cheap soap. The waste fuller's earth contains about 0.1 to 0.3% of fat. Method for further improvement of color. A further improvement of the color of the tallow may be attained by freeing it from a portion of its free fatty acids, either with or without previous fuller's earth bleaching. To carry out this process, the melted fat is allowed to settle and as much water as possible taken off. The temperature is then raised to 160 degrees Fahrenheit with dry steam and enough saturated solution of soda ash added to remove 0.5% of the free fatty acids while agitating the mass thoroughly mechanically or by air. The agitation is continued 10 minutes, the hole allowed to settle for 2 hours and the foot drawn off. The soap thus formed entangles a large proportion of the impurities of the fat. Vegetable oils. Coconut oil, as the name implies, is obtained obtained from the fruit of the coconut palm. This oil is a solid white fat at ordinary temperature, having a bland taste and a characteristic odor. It is rarely adulterated and is very readily saponified. In recent years, the price of this oil has increased materially because coconut oil is now being used extensively for edible purposes, especially in the making of oleomargarine. Present indications are that shortly very little high-grade oil will be employed for soap manufacture since the demand for oleomargarine is constantly increasing and since new methods of refining the oil for this purpose are constantly being devised. The oil is found in the market under three different grades. 1. Cochin coconut oil. The choicest oil comes from 
Cochin, Malabar in brackets. This product being more carefully cultivated and refined than the other grades is whiter, cleaner, and contains a smaller percentage of free acid. Two, Ceylon coconut oil, coming chiefly from Ceylon, is usually a yellowish tint and more acrid in odor than cochin oil. Three, continental coconut oil, copra or Freudenberg in brackets, is obtained from the dried kernels, the copra, which are shipped to Europe in large quantities, where the oil is extracted. These dried kernels yield 60 to 70 percent oil. This product is generally superior to the Cylon oil and may be used as a very satisfactory substitute for cochin oil in soap manufacture, provided it is low in free acid and of good color. The writer has employed it satisfactorily in the whitest and finest of toilet soaps without being able to distinguish any disadvantage to the cochin oil, since continental oil is usually cheaper than cochin oil, it is advisable to use it as occasion permits. Coconut oil is used extensively in toilet soap making, usually in connection with tallow. When used alone, the soap made from this oil forms a lather, which comes up rapidly, but which is fluffy and dries quickly. A pure tallow soap lathers very much slower, but produces a more lasting lather. Thus, the advantage of using coconut oil in soap is seen. It is further used in making a coconut oil soap by the cold process, also for quote-unquote fake or filled soaps. The fatty acid content readily starts the saponification, which takes place easily with a strong lye. 25 degrees to 35 degrees, where large quantities of the oil are saponified, care must be exercised as the soap formed suddenly rises or puffs up and may boil over. Coconut oil soap takes up large quantities of water. Cases have been cited where a 500% yield has been obtained. This water, of course, dries out again upon exposure to the air. The soap is harsh to the skin, develops rancidity, and darkens readily. Palm kernel oil, which is obtained from the kernels of the palm tree of West Africa, is used in soap making to replace coconut oil where the lower price warrants its use. It resembles coconut oil in respect to saponification and in forming a very similar soap 
kernel oil is white in color, has a pleasant nutty odor when fresh, but rapidly develops free acid, which runs to a high percentage. Palm oil is produced from the fruit of several species of palm tree on the western coast of Africa, generally, but also in the Philippines. The fresh oil has a deep orange-yellow tint, not destroyed by saponification. A Swedish taste. Swedish, not from Sweden. A Swedish taste and an odor of orris root or violet, which is also imparted to soap made from it. The methods by which the natives obtain the oil are crude and depend upon fermentation or putrefaction. Putrefaction. Large quantities are said to be wasted because of this fact. The oil contains impurities in the form of fermented fiber and album albuminous matter and consequently develops free fatty acid rapidly. Samples tested for free acid have been found to have hydrolyzed, hydrolyzed completely, and one seldom obtains an oil with low acid content. Because of this high percentage of free fatty acid, the glycerin yield is small though the neutral oil should produce approximately 12% glycerin. Some writers claim that glycerin exists in the free state in palm oil. The writer has washed large quantities of the oil and analyzed the wash water for glycerin. The results showed that the amount present did not merit its recovery. Most soap makers do not attempt to recover the glycerin from this oil when used alone for soap manufacture. There are several grades of palm oil in commerce, but in toilet soap making, it is advisable to utilize only Lagos palm oil, which is the best grade where it is desired to maintain the color of the soap this oil produces, a small quantity of the lower or brass grade of palm oil may be used, as the soap made from the better grades of oil gradually bleaches and loses its orange-yellow color. Palm oil produces a crumbly soap which cannot readily be milled and is termed short, quote-unquote. When used with tallow and coconut oil, or 20-25% coconut oil, it produces a very satisfactory toilet soap. In the saponification of palm oil, it is not advisable to combine it with tallow in the kettle, as the two do not readily mix. Since the finished soap has conveyed to it the orange color of the oil, the oil is bleached 
before saponification. Oxidation readily destroys the coloring matter, while heat and light assist materially. The methods generally employed are by the use of oxygen developed by bichromates and hydrochloric acid, and the direct bleaching through the agency of the oxygen of the air. Chrome bleaching of palm oil. The chrome process of bleaching palm oil is more rapid, and the oxygen thus derived being more active, will bleach oils which air alone cannot. It depends upon the reaction, in which the oxygen is the active principle. In practice, it is found necessary to use an excess of acid over that theoretically indicated. For the best results, an oil should be chosen containing under 2% impurities and a low percentage of free fatty acids. Lagos oil is best adapted to these requirements. The oil is melted by open steam from a jet introduced through the bung. The melted oil and condensed water running to the store tank through two sieves in brackets about one-eighth inch mesh to remove the fibrous materials and gross impurities. The oil thus obtained contains fine earthy and fibrous material and vegetable albuminous matter which should be removed as far as possible since chemicals are wasted in their oxidation and they retard the bleaching. This is best done by boiling the oil for one hour with wet steam and 10% solution of common salt, 2% dry salt on weight of oil used, in a lead-lined or wooden tank. After settling overnight, the brine and impurities are removed by running from a cock at the bottom of the vat, and the oil is run out into the bleaching tank through an oil cock, situated about seven inches from the bottom. The bleaching tank is a lead-lined iron tank of the approximate dimensions of four feet deep, four feet long, and three and a half feet wide, holding about one and a half tons. The charge is one ton. A leaden outlet pipe is fixed at the bottom, to which is attached a rubber tube, closed by a screw clip. A plug also is fitted into the lead outlet pipe from above. Seven inches above the lower outlet is affixed another tap through which the oil is drawn off. The tank is further equipped with a wet steam coil and a coil arranged to allow through air agitation, both coils being of lead. A good arrangement is to use one coil 
to deliver either air or steam. These coils should extend as nearly as possible over the entire bottom of the tank and have a number of small downward perforations so as to spread the agitation throughout the mass. The temperature of the oil is reduced by passing in air to 110 degrees Fahrenheit and 40 pounds of fine common salt per ton added through a sieve. About one half of the acid, in brackets, 40 pounds of concentrated commercial hydrochloric acid, is now poured in, and this is followed by the sodium bichromate in concentrated solution, previously prepared in a small lead vat or earthen vessel by dissolving 17 pounds of bichromate in 45 pounds commercial hydrochloric acid. This solution should be added slowly and should occupy three hours, the whole mass being thoroughly agitated with air during the addition and for one hour after the last of the bleaching mixture has been introduced. The whole mixture is now allowed to settle for one hour, and the exhausted chrome liquors are then run off from the lower pipe to a waste tank. About 40 gallons of water are now run into the bleached oil, and the temperature raised by open steam to 150 degrees to 160 degrees Fahrenheit. The mass is then allowed to settle overnight. One such wash is sufficient to remove the spent chrome liquor completely, provided ample time is allowed for settling. A number of washings given successively with short periods of settling do not remove the chrome liquors effectually. The success of the operation depends entirely upon the completeness of settling. The wash water is drawn off as before and the clear oil run to storage tanks or to the soap kettle through the upper oil cock. The waste liquors are boiled with wet steam and the oil skimmed from the surface after which the liquors are run through, run out through an oil trap. By following the above instructions carefully, it is possible to bleach one ton of palm oil with 17 pounds of bichromate of soda and 85 pounds of hydrochloric acid. The spent liquors should be a bright green color, should they be of a yellow or brownish shade, insufficient acid has been allowed, and more must be added to render the whole of the oxygen available. If low-grade oils are being treated, more chrome will be necessary. The amount being best judged by conducting the operation as usual 
and after the addition of the bichromate, removing a sample of the oil, washing the sample, and noting the color of a rapidly cooled sample. A little practice will enable the operator to judge the correspondence between the color to be removed and the amount of bleaching mixture to be added. To obtain success with this process, the method of working given must be adhered to even in the smallest detail. This applies to the temperature at which each operation is carried out, particularly. Air Bleaching of Palm Oil The method of conducting this process is identical with the chrome process, to the point where the hydrochloric acid is to be added to the oil. In this method, no acid or chrome is necessary, as the active bleaching agent is the oxygen of the air. The equipment is similar to that of the former process, except that a wooden tank in which no iron is exposed will suffice to bleach the oil in. The process depends in rapidity upon the amount of air blown through the oil and its even distribution. Iron should not be present or exposed to the oil during bleaching, as it retards the process considerably. After the impurities have been removed, as outlined under the chrome process, the temperature of the oil is raised by open steam to boiling. The steam is then shut off and air allowed to blow through the oil until it is completely bleached. The temperature being maintained above 150 degrees Fahrenheit by occasionally passing in steam. Usually, a ton of oil is readily and completely bleached after the air has been passed through it for 18 to 20 hours, provided the oil is thoroughly agitated by a sufficient flow of air. If the oil has been allowed to settle overnight, it is advisable to run off the condensed water and impurities by the lower cock before agitating again the second day. When oil has been bleached to the desired color, which can be determined by removing a sample and cooling, the mass is allowed to settle. The water run off to a waste tank from which any oil carried along may be skimmed off, and the supernatant clear oil run to the storage or soap kettle. In bleaching by this process, while the process consumes more time and is not as efficient in bleaching the lower grade oils, the cost of bleaching is less and with a good oil success is more probable as there is no possibility of any of the chrome liquors being present in the oil. These give the bleached oil a green tint when the chrome method is improperly conducted and they are not removed.
Instead of blowing air through it, the heater oil may be brought into contact with the air, either by a paddle wheel arrangement, which, in constantly turning, brings the oil into contact with the air, or by pumping the heated oil into an elevated vessel, pierced with numerous fine holes, from which the oil continuously flow back into the vessel from which the oil is pumped. In these methods, air, light, and heat act simultaneously in the bleaching of the oil. The equipment required is too cumbersome to be practical. Recent investigations in the bleaching palm oil by oxygen have shown that not only the coloring matter but the oil itself was affected. In bleaching palm oil for 30 hours with air, the free fatty acid content rose and titter decreased considerably. Olive oil, which comes from the fruit of the olive trees, varies greatly in quality according to the method by which it is obtained and according to the tree bearing the fruit. 300 varieties are known in Italy alone. Since the larger portion of olive oil is used for edible purposes, a lower grade denatured oil, denatured because of the tariff, is used for soap manufacture in this country. The oil varies in color from pale green to golden yellow. The percentage of free acid in this oil varies greatly, though the oil does not turn rancid easily. It is used mainly in the manufacture of white castile soap. Olive oil foots, which is the oil extracted by solvents after the better oil is expressed, finds its use in soap making, mostly in textile soaps, for washing and dyeing silks and in the production of green castile soaps. Other oils as poppy seed oil, sesame oil, cottonseed oil, rape oil or wrap oil, peanut, arrakis oil, are used as adulterants for olive oil, also as substitutes in the manufacture of castile oil castile soap, sorry, since they are cheaper than olive oil. Cottonseed oil is largely used in the manufacture of floating and laundry soaps. It may be used for toilet soaps where a white color is not desired, as yellow spots appear on a finished soap in which it has been used after having been in a stock a short time. Corn oil and soybean oil are also used to a slight extent in the manufacture of toilet soaps, although the oils form a soap of very little body. Their soaps also spot yellow on aging. Corn oil finds its greatest use in the manufacture of soap for washing automobiles. It is further employed for the manufacture of cheap liquid soaps. 
fatty acids are also used extensively in soap manufacture. While the soap manufacturer prefers to use a neutral oil or fat, since from these the byproduct glycerin is obtained. Circumstances arise where it is an advantage to use the free fatty acids. Red oil, in brackets, oleic or acid, elaine, and steric acid are the two fatty acids most generally bought for soap making. In plants, using the twitchell process, which consists in splitting the neutral fats and oils into fatty acids and glycerin by dilute sulfuric acid and producing their final separation by the use of so-called aromatic sulfonic acid. These fatty acids, consisting of a mixture of oleic, steric, palmitic acids, etc., are used directly after having been purified by distillation, the glycerin being obtained from evaporating the wash water. Oleic acid, in bracket, red oil, and stearic acid are obtained usually by the saponification of oils, fats, and greases by acid, lime, or water under pressure or twitchling. The fatty acids thus are freed from their combination with glycerin and solidify upon cooling, after which they are separated from the water and pressed at a higher or lower temperature. The oleic acid, being liquid at ordinary temperature, together with some steric and palmitic acid, is thus pressed out. These latter acids are usually separated by distillation combined with the press cake further purified and sold as steric acid. The red oil, sometimes called saponified red oil, is often semi-solid, resembling a soft tallow due to the presence of stearic acid. The distilled oils are usually clear, varying in color from light to deep brown. Stearic acid, which reaches the trade in slab form, varies in quality from a soft brown, greasy, crumbly solid of unpleasant odor to a snow-white, wax-like, hard, odorless mass. The quality of stearic acid is best judged by the melting point, since the presence of any oleic acid lowers this. The melting point of the varieties used in soap manufacture usually ranges from 128 to 132 degrees Fahrenheit. Red oil is used in the manufacture of textile soaps, replacing olive oil foot soap for this purpose. Chlorophyll being used to color the soap green. Stearic acid being the hard, firm, fatty acid 
may be used in small quantities to give a better grade of soap, body, and finish. In adding this substance, it should always be done in the crutcher, as it will not mix in the kettle. It finds its largest use for soap, however, in the manufacture of shaving soaps and shaving creams, since it produces the non-drying creamy lather so greatly desired for this purpose. Both red oil and stearic acid, being fatty acids, readily unite with the alkali carbonates. Carbon dioxide being formed in the reaction, and this method is extensively used in the formation of soap from them. And I just finished. Thank you for listening to the Sleep with Josh podcast. Congratulations, you just slept with Josh. But if you haven't fallen asleep yet, remember to follow the Sleep with Josh podcast on all available podcast platforms. And follow comedian Josh Yang on social media and Josh Yang Comedy on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. I hope this was as good for you as it was for me. Good night.